Welcome to the Messy Roots Podcast. I just realized like last week I did not share my name. Sorry about that. My name is Marjavana. I am your host for the Messy Roots Podcast. I also serve as a mindfulness leadership coach. I love what you all are talking about from last week as you were just reflecting and sharing different comments, whether that be Instagram or even on the Messy Roots platform through Mighty Networks, um, about just father and son relationships and how we need more conversations like this. I 100% agree, which is why I chose to do this. And then, like, the second thing is, like, how queer voices are not um, hidden in stories. Like, how without any prompt, my dad, like, really talked about the queer voices and how uh, that shaped even his experience and his own life um, and what that looks like. What I want you to get out of this episode is really how experiences shape us as leaders. How do we continue to learn from the things that we get involved in? So you're going to hear my dad talk about how versatile he was as a person and all of the different things that he was able to get into. And I really do think that that helps us as leaders to reflect on how we want to show up and how we interact and communicate with people. And so one of the things, again, I love about the Messy Roots podcast, I mean, the Messy Roots platform through Mighty Network is that you're able to sign up for different experiences. You're able to go on the retreats and you're able to think about um, what it looks like to engage with other leaders and partake in all of our different courses that we have. But the first part is free, just signing up. So I really push you to sign up because we are having good conversation on the platform, the Mighty Networks platform for Messy Roots. It has really, truly been a blessing. And so I hope that you all can really engage, but also just love and enjoy this podcast. So part two, this is my dad. I'm just sharing just great advice for us as leaders. Thank you so much for listening and take it away, dad, or I'll be the first one that's talking, but still. So talk about um, your like, okay, things that you kind of like got into growing up, like in order to survive, like you going to Collinwood and, you know, you doing the horses and all like you was in a lot of stuff. Like nobody (laughs) could, I feel like nobody could like box you into just one category. You always kind of fit multiple categories and stuff like you. Went in and out of different groups. Well, because back then, mm-hmm. uh, we were taught to be versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't focus on one thing, hmm. especially like in sports. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you know, one kid will focus on one thing, mm-hmm. which maybe just basketball. Like mm-hmm. now, Mikhail, he loves soccer, so we're focusing just on soccer. Mm-hmm. But when we was coming up, you had to have a football, baseball, and a basketball. And mm. when the weather changed, we whatever the season was and whatever mm-hmm. the sport was, that's what we played. So which one did you like out of all, all three? All of them. You like all of them? I liked it all of them because... Yeah, because, yeah, you do. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like baseball. the least thing that you watched was football, though. Well, you watched baseball and I, basketball. I really, because I played baseball. Okay. I was short. I was only 4'11". So, <laughs> therefore, I had to learn how to be tough. Right. I had to, I, I had to be quick. 
<laughs> so I had a good throwing arm. <laughs> so everybody could, you know, but I could outrun everybody. I was yeah. fast. So therefore, football, but baseball, basketball, I just, we just, you just did them all. No one thought because that's how you build up your time. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. we didn't have no video games. Yeah. You know, yeah. only left thing enough was art. My mother wanted me to play tennis, believe it or yeah. not. But there was no black tennis player. So when did you start playing tennis? I didn't start playing tennis till Arthur Ashe came about. Oh. And I went after Arthur Ashe and I saw somebody like me. Mm-hmm. That's then, important. Oh, yes. Very important. Then when yeah. you see your friends doing it, mm-hmm. you know, I looked up and all my friends, I looked up Roscoe mm-hmm. and my other friends I grew up who were judges like Mike Nelson and all people like that. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie Tubbs, Jones. Mm-hmm. And, and looked up, and they had took the clay courts off 105 and made them hard courts. Mm-hmm. And next thing I knew, everybody was coming down them. They had courts in East Cleveland, but wasn't nothing like 105. Well, mm-hmm. I taught you how to play mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. We used to call that the Soul Brothers t- mm-hmm. Tennis Court. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the black players played. Mm. And that's where they had their tournament. So when did they move to Rockefeller? Okay, so that's, that's Rockefeller. Why, that was Rockefeller. Oh, so it changed the name Rockefeller it, then. It was always Rockefeller Okay, Park. okay. Because that is, so still to this day, that's where all the that's black that. people play. Yeah, that's where play, all, uh, there's other areas. Yeah. But Rockefeller was was the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody came around. There were other places out in Miles and stuff. But it was just something about Hundred and five yeah. in Saint Clair with yeah. that pond across the street. Yeah, yeah. We could walk off of MLK. Off of MLK. Yeah. See, and then they turned, the, it was East the, Boulevard. Yeah. But then they named it MLK. Oh, so I didn't know that. See. Yeah, and then because that's where university and stuff like that is. At. That's my favorite area. I and, love over there. And that's where when we were kids, the art museums and everything like that. Over that's where there. my yeah. uncle them took us uh, on walks and stuff. They took mm-hmm. us. My family utilized the park, so we'd go hmm. to Woodhill Park. We would go down on the lake. We well, that's utilized. interesting because I use, uh, I go to the park a lot. I go to so many different parks in Charlotte now. That's but right. so, wow. And, so that was something you did in your family, you know, growing up. You we always up went. We all, but we always went to parks too, growing up too. Grow, I remember yeah. we used to take you down to West Branch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so and the parks did, around the lake and thank stuff. Thank you. We Go see you. houses and we'll right. get to meet. <laughs> but so you did tennis, you did rodeo. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, what happened was back in the 70s, mm-hmm. okay, uh, my mother, I, I couldn't afford to go to camp. So what mm-hmm. I had to do was when I was a teenager at the YMCA, you could sell cookies. Mm-hmm. So I sold enough cookies. Hmm. Go to camp. Hmm. How old was you at that time? Oh man, I was in the tenth grade. Oh really? Yeah. Cause wow, that's crazy. I was in the tenth grade, and that's where I learned. And they had a place called Rolling Wide Ranch. Uh huh. And that Rolling Wide Ranch is where they taught you how to live like a cowboy. That's crazy. And you and and you learn how to saddle them, mm-hmm. ride them, mm-hmm. bridle the horses. And the horse was your responsibility for a week. Mm. We even only thing we didn't do was we didn't feed them. Hmm. Okay, we had to keep their stall clean. We had to brush them. Hmm. We had to curly cue them. They taught us all these things. They taught us how to ride bareback. 
Mm. Okay. And then once you learn how to ride bareback in the circle, mm-hmm. we t- and then we learn how to put our saddles on. Hmm. And then for two days, mm-hmm. after we learn how to ride, the best thing about it, once you learned how to ride in there, mm-hmm. they took you out on trails. And we oh, used that's to go awesome. all th- up through the little mountains, through water streams. Yeah. And they would walk the horses, run. Mm. They did everything, canter them. We, we did everything like cowboys. And for mm. two nights, you got to stay out and sleep under the stars. Mm, that's awesome. And that's had, awesome. And had to cook all our food on yeah. the open camp range and live like a cowboy. Dang. I did that for five years. Mm. And, uh, and then uh, when I turned 18, mm-hmm. I became the camp counselor. Mm. And I started going out there for free. And one of the things that was so great back then that they... <clears throat> one of the things they kept up, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> mm-hmm. on weekends, a lot of people didn't know on weekends, di- different YMCAs would mm-hmm. go out there on weekends and you could stay overnight hmm. and ride the horses on the weekends. So when That's I got crazy. older, I introduced that to some of my friends, Roscoe, Nita, uh-huh. and we would go back on the weekends hmm. and, ri- and during the wintertime. Because the horses wasn't nobody riding them, mm-hmm. so they would hunt. That's how they kept the horses in shape, hmm. letting other people come use in them and stuff like and, that. And oh, wasn't wow. no wire now you did all of this while being the shortest one in the game. I didn't know I was the shortest <laughs> one. I, how I yeah. found out I was short one day, yeah, when all me and all my friends, Roscoe, Big Abe, uh-huh. oh man, I could name a whole lot of people. Man, we took this picture. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, it was a club. What's the club? It was a club. Everybody, they still go to this club today. And we were mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And when we took this picture, man, I looked at the picture. And I realized how short I was. <laughs> it That's wasn't until time. you saw the picture. I'm, it wasn't until, Mario, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at all these people, everybody, man. I think I saw the picture, too. And, yeah, I think everybody. I, yeah, yeah. And Roscoe kept the picture, right? Yeah. And man, I look at the picture and I said, "I'm short." <laughs> and everybody broke out laughing. They said, "We've been trying to tell you that for years. I'm like thirty something years old, and then I find out I'm short." That is hilarious. Yes. So then, um, but you was like I was saying, you was in a gang though, like, yes. but you was in a gang to protect yourself to well, go to care school. About gang life, yeah, because you. A lot. The reason why I bring this up is because a lot of people wouldn't like expect for somebody who was also in the game to be doing all of these different sports and doing camps and leading a camp and all these things like that. So that's to me how amazing, how versatile you are, and I feel like that can help people well, see, to happened, not just to not judge folks. Right, yeah. right, because they never know. The only yeah. reason we became a gang, well, I wouldn't say we were a gang. We called ourselves a club. Oh, okay. Gang, we were really not, but because in school mm-hmm. you couldn't, you know, there was clubs. Mm-hmm. But in the streets you were a gang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what had happened during the riots, mm-hmm. and all of us knew each other. All of us came from from the Glenville, St. Clair area, mm-hmm. and it was so funny how uh, a lot of my friends went to college from went to Glenville. <laughs> Mm-hmm. My mother, my parents, what didn't allow me to go to nothing all black. Oh, hold on, okay. 
why I want to get the Okay, you can talk about the clubs again. Okay, go. Okay. Well, in schools, you couldn't be a gang. Mm -hmm. Okay, like I said, you was a club, but in the streets you were gang. There were gangs. My cousin was president of of a, of, of a gang and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and my friends, everybody was in gangs. We wasn't in no gang. The only reason we formed a gang. Mm -hmm. Was because at, during the riots, mm -hmm. and we said they'll never catch us with our guards down again. Mm -hmm. All of us had come from the same area neighborhood mm -hmm. because our parents wanted a better life. Mm -hmm. Collinwood had everything. Mm -hmm. Glendale didn't. Mm -hmm. and at that time, you had to take a test to get into Collinwood because we didn't live in the area, and so we all told each other. We was all going. We all came from Chesterfield Elementary School. Went to Patrick Henry, ran track together. So the thing was, we all thought we was gonna go to Glenville, right? Mm -hmm. But however, that wasn't the case. My father told me I was not going to nothing all black. The world is not all black, and mm -hmm. so you have to learn how to be versatile and be able to blend in hmm. and go and be able to deal with all types of people. And Collinwood Hills High School was one of the schools. You had John Marshall on the west side, mm -hmm. but you had Collinwood on the east side because Collinwood had everything. Hmm. And I do mean everything. Mm -hmm. They had uh, college prep, and then mm -hmm. if you didn't want to go to college, they prepared you for the jobs of industrial jobs, working mm -hmm. in factories. And then Collinwood was one of the very few schools that had a mechanic, an auto body shop, and a foundry. We mm. had a foundry in our school, so we learned how to pour metal, and from there you could go to Republic Skill, J and L. Oh, that's whatever. good. See, they had yeah. both. They yeah. were the only school that had technical, and they also had college prep. Huh. And the good thing about going to Collinwood is, mm -hmm. if you want, you took a test, mm -hmm. and whatever you qualified for, that's what you took. Hmm. Okay, I qualified for both. Electron, electrical engineering and college prep. Hmm. Because I qualified for both, I could not just take reg, regular English. Hmm. I had to take college courses. My friends were laughing at me because <laughs> they were taking basic math and mm -hmm. had to take basic <laughs> courses. I had to take geometry, huh. algebra, college algebra, which later on helped me because I had to take college courses mm -hmm. in high school. Hmm. That's good. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, that is good. And one of the things that I love about listening to my dad speak is that, like, you cannot place people into a box. You just can't. Like... If you were to think, okay, he's doing this, so like he's only gonna do this, or he's doing that, or he's only gonna do that, or he's in a gang, so he's not gonna be able to do this, you're missing the point. And I think like that's why experiences matter. That's why exposing kids to like all the like the right things are important. So maybe perhaps you know you're motivated to now experience something new that you always wanted to. Maybe it's hiking, maybe it's starting your own garden or anything like that. But I push you to think about that and see what that looks like. 
Um, but I cannot wait for you to hear part three, um, which we go further into this story and this message. So I love y'all for free. Continue to follow me. Marge Vaughn, Marge Vaughn.com. <laughs>